0: Welcome to the Orchard Podcast, a resource of Orchard Africa. The mission of Orchard Africa is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. For three decades, a passionate community of churches, leaders, and donors have worked together to feed, educate, care for, and empower under-resourced communities in Southern Africa. To date, Orchard Africa and its partners have served over 10 million meals to families in need, cared for over 75,000 orphan children, and enrolled 8,000 children in high-quality early learning programs. All of this takes place through local African leaders to help communities move from survival
1: to stability to sustainability.
2: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact in the places of greatest need in our world. My name is Brian Lemieux, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa, and here sitting with me at the table are the co-founders of Orchard Africa, Mike and Michelle Tessendorf, Uh, Mike is our senior pastor and leads the network, the Orchard Network in South Africa. And Michelle uh, serves as our CEO and provides leadership over the whole scope of our organization. And so um, welcome back um, to our Orchard podcast. Thanks for listening in. And uh, we are right now uh, recording this in Arizona. And uh, it is triple digits right now in Arizona. It's super, super hot. 106 or something like that and so uh, uh, if you're listening from a cooler place we're going to try to channel that into this podcast because we're feeling
0: kind of warm.
1: Yeah it is just so warm over here at the moment.
0: Well the other option is to go to a cooler place so I'm getting out of here and we'll be in a cooler place in South Africa in a couple of days. Yeah, so, um, lucky dog. <laughs> be jealous everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, where it's winter. Yep. And yeah in Arizona people are going to start frying eggs on the sidewalk <laughs> to start <laughs> of fun. <Yep. laughs> and we
0: started counting how many uh, days over 100 yeah. once again.
2: Well, uh, enjoy that Mike. Enjoy the cooler temperatures. Enjoy going back to winter. Uh, we'll just sit in our air conditioned uh, house here. I'll think.
0: Of, I'll think. Of, I'll think about
1: you. <laughs> no, you won't. <weren't. laughs>
2: well, uh, this is episode number five of the Orchard Podcast for June sixteenth, twenty twenty one, and um, thank you so much for being a part of um, the Orchard Podcast. Whether you've been listening to all five episodes, and this is the next one you've been listening, or you're, or you're brand new uh, joining us. Um, one of our goals for this podcast is that we would provide you tools and resources to help you make the greatest impact that you can make in, in the greatest places of need in the world. And today we're going to be talking about uh, a typical challenge, typical struggle that um, whether um, we're thinking of someone who, uh, who gives and is uh, generous and supports different organizations or somebody who leads a missions department Uh, leads in a church. Uh, And it's this, that sometimes it's difficult to know who's the best partner Mm -hmm. to support, to give toward, to align your ministry with. And sometimes churches really, really struggle in in finding that right partner. And so today we want to give you some thoughts around uh, how do you choose a partner? And what are some of the uh, steps that you can take to uh, have a really long-lasting, healthy, global partnership, um, whether individually or or as a as a church. And sometimes when we think about partnerships, churches kind of find themselves in a few different positions. Right. One of those is uh, you might you might find if you're a missions director, for instance, that you're in a setting where it's sort of the inherited. Partnership model, where over the course of maybe decades, you've had different global partners that have been added to the ministry uh, that you've supported, just kind of based on whoever was in leadership at that time. So Mm -hmm. maybe it was the senior pastor a couple decades ago had a real passion for this, and then that pastor left, and then then he he she had a passion for this, or uh, you know, missions committees have different passions and seasons, and then you get to the end and you have partners from all different kinds of walks of life, and maybe they don't make sense together, and so you might you might find yourself in a kind of inherited partnership model.
1: Right, and sometimes um, uh, people find themselves where they've got just so many partners. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps just out of a sense of compassion, the missions uh, committee or whoever makes these decisions have... Uh, taken on board a lot of partners, and what happens in a case like that is that it's really just surface-level partnership. Um, the church has said yes to far too many partners, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're really unable to meaningfully engage and make impact mm-hmm. because there's just so many of them. Right. Um And uh, sometimes they define their success by how many people, how many missionaries are we serving? And yet when you ask those missionaries, it's such a little bit of support that it's not making much of an impact.
0: Yeah. I think a good place to be is um, what I call strategic partnership. Uh, Whether you're an individual who uh, is generous and who likes to give beyond yourself or whether you're a church, Uh, a strategic partnership is one where Uh, that partner aligns with your mission, with your vision, Mm -hmm. what's important to you and and, and on your heart. Because I think so many times uh, churches and individuals get themselves into what I call an emotional partnership. Uh, Somebody comes along and does a great presentation, has a great slideshow, writes a good letter, Mm -hmm. or has got great photos and maybe a really cool website. And people get drawn to that and think, I need to get behind this. Without evaluating, well, what is the actual mission? What is that person actually uh, desiring to achieve? And does that align with what I think is important? Mm -hmm. And many times when it's just an emotional uh, partnership instead Mm -hmm. of what I call an intelligent partnership, down the line it becomes sour because suddenly you feel like the giving and the generosity and the investment that has been made is actually not achieving what you think mm. it should. Mm.
1: Mm. Right, mm. the emotions have gone away, and right. you look at it and think, well, it's not strategic, right. as you said.
2: Yeah. It doesn't really seem like it is aligned or makes sense with who you are as a church or as an individual, and it was a moment. Yeah. But not not strategic. Uh, well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So what, what does intelligent partnership look like? What does strategic partnership look like? And to start off... Uh, let me give you a definition of partnership. Mm. Uh, partnership is a is a mutual commitment to achieve a specific outcome, uh, where both parties share in the ownership and the responsibility that impact. So, partnership it's mutual. It's a mutual commitment to achieve a specific outcome or a mission where both parties, both organizations, both ministries share in both ownership and responsibility of that, of that impact. I like that. Mm. I
0: felt a lot.
1: The emphasis being on mutually beneficial right. to both parties.
2: Mm. And uh, the the heart of that, too, is partnership is always a trust relationship. Oh, yes. It's, um, it's built on trust. It's built on honesty and candor. And um, I, I think the very best partnerships we've had um, mm-hmm. along the way have been ones where we felt like, yeah. Uh, we trust them, they trust us, we can be honest together.
1: Right, and uh, you know, you used the word candor. I think uh, the best partnerships are character, characterized by clarity. There's nothing fuzzy about it. We mm. clear and Absolutely. we speak out and we uh, speak candidly about our partnership. Mm. Yeah, mm. I
0: also think it's important that a partnership um, engages both sides. Mm. Um, it's really not healthy when a partnership is just a one way street. Uh, We spoke in one of the earlier podcasts about the concept of doing things with people uh, so that you're not a benefactor who is just um, pouring in or pouring out, Hmm. but that you're actually partners who are serving and accomplishing something together. And it's always better to have a mind that whatever my partnership is, whether I'm the individual, whether I'm the church, we're going to do this with Mm -hmm. the organization that we partner with. We're not doing something necessarily for them. Or doing something to them but we're engaging with them to achieve what is the passion of our heart right. and so it's, it's it's good to ask uh, what more can I do than just write out a check uh, can I go there can I personally get involved in what's happening on the ground uh, if we're a church can we send a mission team uh, you know it, what kind of communication and mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. back and mm-hmm. forth Mm. Uh, will there be between us and the partner?
1: Right, because there's nothing sadder, I think, than a, a mismatched partnership mm. where uh, uh, things go sour because we weren't clear about it in the first place or we weren't um, talking about what each partner's uh, outcomes are. Mm. And I'm thinking uh, of an example that happened to us or with us at Orchard Africa where we were approached uh to build some houses in one of the communities where we worked. And uh, we had to evaluate that because they wanted to build two homes Mm. for two different families. And that would have been wonderful because we truly work in uh, disadvantaged Mm. communities. And for two families to get a a new house would have been just so wonderful. But – At Orchard Africa, we don't work with individuals. We work with communities. Mm. Whatever we do, we do uh, to benefit the community Mm. and everybody in that community. And by building two houses for two people Mm. would have gone against the grain of everything we had built in that village, which is we do things for the entire community. And so that was a, a good example of something that could have been a mismatched uh, opportunity, mm. even though... If you went it. Right, mm. even though it was good. Mm. Yeah, um, and
0: sometimes I think we get drawn in by the, the potential benefit. Right. And we forget about some of the, the downfalls. Like, how do you explain to the other 5,000 people in the village why they didn't get a house? Right, mm-hmm. uh, right. And what what kind of trust does that then destroy mm-hmm. f- for us as an organization going forward? Exactly, and I
1: think what it would have done, it it, it would have kept us busy but it wouldn't have worked us uh, or helped us move forward with what we believe God had called us to do. And I think that that's part of a good partnership is to understand what has God called you to do. Mm. What is that very thing? You know, I'm thinking of that scripture in Ephesians 2 where it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Mm. What has God prepared in advance for us to do? And let's keep our eye on that. Um, because that will help alleviate mismatched uh, partnerships, hmm. no matter how good intended it was. Yeah,
2: that's good. And the thing I love about that passage is is the word us uh, that you just said, Michelle. Yeah. It says, for, for we are God's handiwork. And sometimes in a, kind of a Western mindset, we're focused more on the individual. And well, how, how am I specifically made uh, for what kind of purpose? But in the Jewish world, it was focused not so much on the individual, but God's collective people and so Paul would would have um, been speaking to them as a local body working together and I, I love that picture of partnership that that comes out of this that together as partners as a community were God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God had pre- prepared in advance for us to do and for us at Orchard uh, of all of the the assets that we have we have great tools and resources and uh, so many leaders, but one of the one of the greatest assets have really been our our partnerships and that sense that we're doing it together. We're mm. doing it in community. Mm. Uh, our orchard community uh, over and over again has allowed the ministry to continue to move forward right. because uh, it's th- this we, this us, this mindset.
0: Yeah, I think uh, something that stands out to me from that verse is the fact that God created us and that God uh, prepares us to good works, uh, to do good works, but the implication is that God then also equips us to do those mm-hmm. works that He's prepared for us to do. And whether we're a, a church, a, a, a body, or whether we're individuals, God gives us strengths, God gives us gifts, God gives us passions, and you know I, I've noticed that different churches are gifted in different ways. Yes. Um, Just like an individual Mm. has a personality, churches have personalities and they differ. And each church and each individual has different strengths, passions, uh, gifts. And when we understand those, Mm -hmm. that helps to direct us and to help us understand what is it that God is calling us to do? I mean, if it's way outside of what really gets our heart beating, uh, it's very likely that, well, it's a great idea, but it's really not what God has called you to do. Mm. And, he, and the emphasis is on the, the good works. Good works become hard works when it's not in line with the passion and the gifting and the strength that God has placed in mm, us as a yeah. church or That's good. as an individual.
1: Right. So I do. I agree with you, Mike, that um, we do have to find out who we are as an organization, as a church, um, effective mission strategies have focus. Mm. Uh, they're not all over the place. They're based on a sense of clarity about the overall mission of that church, and uh, you know the unique role that that church wants to play uh, globally. So really, you have to define the cause mm. that you believe God has called you to do as a ministry, as a church, as an individual. Um, it starts with defining your cause because you know causes are not location specific. They are issue-specific. Mm, yes. And so, you know, you don't have to be confined to one geographic area if you have a cause. Um, it It is not location-specific. And um, I think many churches lack focus with their global, global missions because they haven't defined their focus. They haven't taken the time to sit down and what is it that God has called us to do? And... Um, you can find that focus uh, I think there's three things that you have to define and if you can define those three things it'll help you to uh, clarify what you as a church uh, or as an individual need to do uh, the first one is passion you mentioned that Mike we we need to be passionate about uh, something you know it's evidenced by the excitement and the enthusiasm uh, around a certain issue uh, it's can be uh, like a holy discontent mm. for a particular thing that's happening and you're going that that's just not just and that's mm. not right. Mm. Uh, there are starving children in the world and uh, they st- st- somebody must do something about it. So you have this, this sense of holy discontent that this isn't right. And certainly that's what uh, Orchard Africa started as, as just the sense of compassion for the children that were rummaging on the garbage dump. There was this sense of discontent and the mm-hmm. sense of that's not just and we need to do something about right. it so you start off with uh, that sense of passion so that could be one circle uh, the next one is your skill sets in your church perhaps that's a, a, a circle that intervenes or into intersects rather with that sense of passion um perhaps you have a, a real uh, passion about people who are infected with HIV and AIDS and they are dreadfully sick and you living in a community where there are a lot of doctors and nurses in your church and your your church has the skill set um, and it it makes that connection mm. with what the people in your church are passionate about um, or that you're willing to learn that skill set mm-hmm. yeah. you know yes this thing I'm passionate about, There's nobody in our church, but we're willing to invest in learning that skill so that we we can Mm. meet that need. And then I think the third one is what opportunities are available to our church? Um, Are we uh, sort of beating around in the dark and we never have an opportunity to actually serve this cause? Mm. Or are those opportunities there? And I think when those three intersect, you find that very sweet spot in the middle, that thing you're passionate about, the skill sets that you either have already or are willing to learn, and then the opportunities that present themselves, you have that wonderful intersection and it's a sweet spot. And maybe that's one way, uh, one tool that you can use to find what is the cause of your church and your ministry and how do you you define it. Mm
2: That's a really good tool Be able to be able to define a framework for what missions looks like and what it means for you. And I, I think you got to have at least one cause as a church. If you don't have any, uh, you're, you're kind of back to where we started at the beginning of the podcast that so you're, you're just kind of at the whim of someone's emotions or yeah. the person's favorite ministry. Right. Uh, So you need you need at least one, but on the other hand, you know you probably don't want a whole lot more than three. Uh, You can get so you can choose every cause, (laughs) and then never really know what it is that we're we're going to tackle first, right? And so you know, is it you got to have at least one, and uh, you know probably not more than three, and which which allows you to be focused, and then then you got to write it down write down you know what are we passionate about and what skills do we have or we want to learn and what what opportunities are available to us so then you it feels a bit more concrete yeah you know you know okay now we're going to go forward and and uh, and make decisions and this is what the cause allows you to do is it allows you to understand how do you now make a decision about a partnership
0: yeah in addition to that uh, having a cause that you've been able to define helps you um narrow the fo- focus of the impact that you want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think of a cause as, as a target, it's important that you define the target before you shoot. Mm. You know, Otherwise, you just shoot at whatever, and if you hit it, well, mark a target around that. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, it <laughs> doesn't work very well. So, And then, of course, when you know what your target is, what your cause is, uh, the other thing it does is it helps you be aligned with others that have the same passions that you have, right. um, and you know when when you're clear about what's important to you, it's very easy to look around and figure out, hey, this is important mm. to those people as well, and they would become good partners. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's a recipe for long-term yes partnership. Yes, right, healthy right. partners that that don't uh, just last uh, in the short term, but there can be a a relationship that can be built over time and um,
1: so yeah. you know if we've defined our cause which we've now spoken about we've gone through this process of what is our passion where what skills what where what are the opportunities uh, where do you find these partners You've, you know what you want to do so I think the
2: first thing is you you have to go do some research and you might, you might need to Google it. Like, okay, so I know this is our cause and we uh, really care about vulnerable orphaned children. Okay, well, where do you go to find out information about organizations that are doing that? Mm. So uh, sometimes uh, you, you go on the internet and you, you search and you find out who's, who's doing that the best. Uh, and then, you know, asking others too, getting recommendations. Uh, maybe there's other... Churches that are in your network that uh, can point you to a partnership that says, uh, if this is what your cause is, th- these are the folks that you want to talk to.
0: I think it's always good to have somebody you trust point you in the direction of somebody they trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. That has the same cause that, that you have. Um, mm-hmm. It's always healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other important thing is, um, and maybe the most important thing, is pray and ask God to guide you to the right partner. Mm. Uh, Clearly you've got to do your research that you've got some uh, material to work with. But once you've done that, once you've Googled and and been recommended, pray. Mm. God knows things that we don't know and God can direct us in ways that we don't understand. But His ways work and His ways are best. And so I can't emphasize enough to really really seek God and pray and uh, don't be in a hurry give God time to speak and give yourself time to hear and then once you've kind of identified and heard from God I think it's important to ask good questions from those potential partners Uh, you know things like well what is your mission and you can then assess well does it align with where I'm at Um, why do you exist Mm -hmm. how did you start Ask them to share their story of how it began, um, what inspired them to do what they do, and why are they still doing what Mm. they do. And you can get a good feel just by asking those questions, whether this is a match or Mm. not a match.
1: Yeah, and I think a couple of other uh, good uh, questions, if I could throw in there, because I do think asking good questions is Mm. a way in which to find out whether you align, is um, ask the potential partnership, what are your greatest wins this year? Mm-hmm. See where they're succeeding and what they value as a as mm-hmm. a win mm-hmm. and then what are the challenges you're facing right now, and that again will help you understand their heart and uh, what it is that uh, they're wanting to achieve because even through challenges, you can find out what they value
0: yes
2: and another one is uh, just getting clarity about. How that partner how that potential partner is funded, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes there could be a challenge if uh, you know maybe there are uh, you would be the only one funding them, and that'd be good to know that if that's the case uh, from a dependency standpoint and some of those kinds of things, so just to get clarity on what is their funding strategy and what is what is their budget and some of those kinds of things and then um uh, on a different note, you know, what are some ways that our church can engage.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, we, we talked some about that earlier, but sometimes that can be a sticking point later in the partnership when the church is wanting to send people or engage in other ways, but there really isn't an opportunity for, yeah. the, for people to do yeah. that.
0: Yeah, I th- good partnerships are always relational and not just transactional, and so that's a really important question.
1: Mm. Right. I think um, what we're saying over here is that the key is to have full disclosure, about the partnerships. Mm. Allow them to ask you questions uh, so that there's clarity and there is full disclosure on both sides and that you enter into a partnership uh, sober-minded about what that uh, ministry partnership truly looks like. Mm. Um, You know, I think of a particular organization that we have been uh, partnering with for many years. Uh, They very clearly defined what Uh, their ministry does and what their purposes and their causes are. And they've defined it as three things. It was um, education, it was evangelism, and it was charity. And they defined charity as loving kindness. Uh, And so those were their three focus areas. And it was wonderful for us to come across a partner like that because we fit it into all three of them. And in this partnership, uh, they've told us that they they often partner with people who do one of the three or two of the three. But at Orchard Africa, we fit all three, and it's a perfect fit. It truly is hand in glove, and uh, we've had this partnership for many years, and it works so well because we're clear about what we do, they clear about what they do, and we fit well together. And those are the best partners, Mm. truly Mm. wonderful global partnerships where uh, we're both helping each other move the needle forward.
2: Mm. We exist as a church, um, as as an organization to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. And that's the church in Africa, but it's also the church in the United States. And so it's our hope that as you've listened in to us have a conversation about partnership, that um, you've, you've gained a tool or a thought or or maybe a process that you can go through to have really the very best uh, matched partnerships that you can have so that uh, God's work uh, can be accomplished when we're uh, we're all moving in step together, mm-hmm. same vision and same passions. And, and so that's what our hope is for you mm-hmm. as you're listening, whether uh, you're you're leading a ministry or you're you're wanting to to give and serve in a certain ministry that uh, that you'd have a really good partnership that's relational and mutual and uh, you, you feel like you can celebrate wins together because you're you're aligned so well uh, and that's been uh, the heart of what has made orchard so successful in making an impact in places of greatest need and uh, we, we again think of uh, all those who uh, are part of the orchard community and who, uh, who give monthly that uh, allows the vulnerable to, to be cared for. And so uh, you can find all kinds of information about orchard Africa. If you're a bit new to um, um, uh, who we are, just by going to www.orchardafrica.org. And uh, again, we thank you for listening in today and being a part of this conversation. Mm, Thanks so much.
1: Bye-bye. Good conversation. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.